Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Collision Cast. Uh, today I have one of the co-creators of the game with me, Josh. Hello. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Uh, once again, I really appreciate it. Of course. Uh, he will probably be on the show pretty much as a co-host, would probably be the best way to put it, would you say? Probably, yeah. Yeah, we'll, I'll be on here a lot. Yeah, we'll probably sub you out between um, Tyler and, and Ashley. I'll probably have them on quite a bit as well. Um, so, yes, uh, in this episode we're going to talk about the creation of Collision Gate. This is mainly a Collision Gate-focused um, episode, and we hope that you enjoy it, and if this is the kind of content that you would like to get, so that way you can hopefully get a more personable relationship with us, please let us know by commenting and leaving likes and uh, sharing with other people. Please. Yes, please. We, we, uh, we definitely still <laughs> need it at this point. Um, so, yeah, let's start there. Um, for those who, who, who aren't aware, uh, everyone on the project is pretty much still an amateur. It's, it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We, we're all learning. We're all, um, we're all cutting our teeth on this project. However, I do have advisors who have been involved with the business industry in general more and the programming industry and the blockchain industry in general more and they seem quite enthusiastic about everything so as long as we can get collision gate to work which focus of this episode um i really think the only direction to go from here is up oh sky's the limit it's not even the sky anymore it's it's mars right it's mars yeah that's uh, that's what everyone keeps saying in, in to telegram we're going to pluto bro we're oh, pluto the yeah all the way all the way all the way oh yeah uh profanity will be in this episode this is not for children i guess we, oh yeah it is, there'll be a disclaimer yeah there'll be a disclaimer the so thank you for coming and uh i have to ask do you remember how you got involved with oh, this whole thing dude I remember we were talking about should we mention other games? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we might as well. Yeah. So, did okay. So we we were big on Yu Gi Oh. I'd still we're, say we we, we, we play Yu Gi Oh. Like if yeah. we weren't so busy working on this, I, we'd probably be playing Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, but we we enjoyed Yu Gi Oh. Um, Andrew here, um, big Magic fan. I didn't play as much Magic. I mostly played Yu Gi Oh. Mostly play Yu Gi Oh. Um, he asked. He we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh and how there's no deck that focuses on banishing cards, like the way he wanted it. How did you word it? Like, there are a lot of decks that in Yu-Gi-Oh you send the deck into the banish zone, and then it's pretty much just gone. So, the, what from what I've seen, the majority of Yu-Gi-Oh decks. And I understand the DDD exists to completely uh, contradict what I'm about to say. The majority of Yu-Gi-Oh decks that exist around the Banish Zone are all around getting a certain number of cards in the Banish Zone or getting exactly the right card in the Banish Zone. And all the rest of your cards are more about like maintaining that balance. When I really wanted a deck that utilized cards in the Banish Zone, where it was like you send a card to the Banish Zone... And then you activate another card to get that card out. And then based on the number of cards that you keep in the banished zone, your cards get more powerful. And I just, I saw that there were ways to build a deck that 
did what I wanted to do, but it either turned into a five-minute turn or it turned into an unplayable, unbalanced mess. So I started creating the other worlds. And the other worlds slowly... Well, they didn't start as other world cards. I was I was basically editing DDD cards to make them easier to play, and, um, and in your words, not suck. Not suck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, my exact words were, "I want to make these cards not suck." And I understand that they're they they are fairly competitive. I understand that they're they're pretty decent, but they're not fun to play. They're they're boring, if I'm being honest, and. I wanted to create or play a game that allowed you to play whatever archetype you wanted and at least if you had the skill take it to regionals yeah because i don't really think there is a game like that anymore no if if you want to if you want to play competitively if you want to play in any like with you, like yeah, you could play casual games with your friends and stuff. But if you wanted to challenge like some random person, yeah, they probably have something that's so far in depth, so like researched out and like built from like tournaments and learning how to learning different decks and the different tiers and like it's a whole fucking mess to try and hop in and be competitive if you want to just play the game yeah like you can either play the game and have fun and just fuck around or you can be competitive there's no like it's it's not a thin line it's a very large hurdle to jump over like it was a huge learning curve for me when i started tournaments with Yu-Gi-Oh. Because, yeah. like, I got in, and I had a deck, and I was like, I like this. I like playing with this deck. It's fun to play with. Cool. Let's get in here get started. Boom. Smacked immediately. Done. Yeah. I was out of the tournament before I could blink, and I was like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped playing I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh! a long time ago. Like, we were still in high school oh, yeah. when um, when the last time I was like, oh, yeah, I would love to, I, I want to go to a card, a card shop, but I don't have time kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I stopped making that excuse to not play Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> around senior year, and I didn't really play at all as an adult. I, I had a ton of cards still, and I was still a casual collector. I would buy a deck here or there, and if a structure deck came out where the, the main card looked like something that I would be interested in, or if I thought something would be valuable, I would buy it. Um, but in all honesty, the majority of the cards I own now are all secondhand. And, yeah. Uh, and majority of them are duplicates that people had while trying to pull other cards um they're second 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 hand exactly exactly so i yeah i i don't have i have a big collection of cards but they're most of them aren't useful is what i would say yeah and i and i feel like okay yeah so we you were saying about the the um like you wanted to do that or whatever and i was like yeah the ddds like that's a, that seems to be the main one that focuses on the banish zone. Like yeah. That you could probably look into that, and then you looked into it and like built it on dual links. Uh, or not dual. Links, I can't uh, even remember. It might, you be, built it might it, have been a YGO Pro. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was one it on of the softwares. Something. I was and using more than one at the time, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and you were like, "Yeah, no, that sucks." Uh, and I was just like, "Oh, I I don't know." At and, this and point, by, I was getting out of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, and, and and by sucks once again. Let me clarify my statement. I I know it's. I know it's fairly competitively viable. Like it's not a tier zero. I don't even think a tier one deck, one deck, 
But it, it's a it's a fairly decent rogue deck. And if I'm wrong, sorry, I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. We're not up to date. On yeah, we're not up to date on anything. Right um, but when I was trying to play it, it it just took forever to get it to do anything, <laughs> and it was just really complicated. And I was like, if it. And then I, I ended up sitting down and looking at the entirety of Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic, and I was like, why do mechanics exist? Why why do certain things exist? And and I remember I, I went on a rant, I think it was, about tribute summoning. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, where I was like, tribute summoning literally only exists to make it more difficult to summon a monster. Why not just make it more difficult to summon the monster? Yeah. And you were like, what do you mean? And I was, and I, I, I didn't have an answer for you. And, and, and I, <laughs> I ended up making one. Um and Collision Gate was born. And then, yeah, then Collision Gate was born. And he, so com- some- he comes out of nowhere. He just comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, he's just like, hey, I made a card game. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I started making a card game because I wanted to make the deck that I wanted to play. So I just made my own cards. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> and, and back then, like, they were on they were on index cards, and I was just writing effects. Oh, on yeah, the back and, just a bunch of shit. Yeah, it was, it was something else. It was something else. Um, definitely have come a long way since then. Oh my god, um, we've come a fantastically long way. Yes. It's uh, been so, so much fun developing this game. Like, yeah, this game, this game has been both the most difficult and fulfilling mom- moments of my life. Um, I've had to learn so much about industry to get to this point. And I have so much more to learn. And pretty much everything that I've learned so far has been really eye-opening. Especially when the majority of what I've learned has been, if you're really honest with people and you're a genuine person, they can see that. And even even without the, the familiarity of being face-to-face with somebody. And they'll they'll give you the time of day yeah. I, i've made i've made contact with people that i thought would immediately turn me down quite a number of times in the very early stages of this when people oh, yeah. definitely shouldn't have been t- messaging me back i even remember telling you like oh i messaged this person i don't expect them to get back to me but i thought it might be interesting to hear back from them and then i did and i was like oh wow <laughs> Because this is this is a, the particular person they don't they don't want to be named right now, but they will be on an episode later of Collision Cast. Yeah, Collision Cast. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, I know when I got in contact with him, and he told me, "Oh yeah, I would be interested in reviewing your game." I, I told you then, like, "Hey, this is getting mm-hmm. accidentally very serious." How dare you have your phone on in the middle of a Collision Cast recording <laughs> on, on the table? Oh, uh, we're the most professional of people. <laughs> Always. Oh, then again, I think my phone's actually on. Let me turn that off, too. Um, yeah, no, it, it started getting really serious really fast. And, yeah. Like, I was just like, whoa. I was like, this is... Aw-. At first, we were just hanging out, throwing around fucking index cards, like, playing playing this dumbass game that was completely unbalanced. Yeah, like, and it, except for two decks, the only two decks we had were perfectly balanced against each other. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the only time they worked. Yeah, it was the only time they worked at first, um, which is the main reason we pretty much 
decided that balance would be so important. Yeah. Because... I, my thing was, at first, we were trying to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. We were trying to shoot for as simple, as simple as possible, but then we realized it couldn't happen if we wanted a dynamic game. Yes. Yeah, the, the complexity of a game sometimes is what makes it interesting. So there's a... There's a middle ground you have to find between a game that's easy to pick up and a game that's deep enough to learn that you can keep playing it for a really long time and it's rewarding to continuously play. Right. Um, there's the there's the seal there's the learning floor, I believe it's called. And then the learning ceiling and the learning curve between that. And I feel as though our learning floor is pretty low. I think considering that my wife can essentially play Collision Gate after only two or three games, she pretty much gets it. And one, she's not good at card games because she doesn't play card games. And two, self-admittedly, she's not good at games in general. So... Having, creating a game that exists in a 3D space and putting that onto a 2D tabletop and making it to where there are so many variables that make sense to be in the game and can be explained through both lore and through card interactions as to why they make sense and as to give them sound logic. I, I think we've. We, I, I. I mean, I feel like we're probably. I'm probably, um, patting myself on the back a little too much. I, I think yeah, we've made. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a little biased, but I, I think we've made something really special. I am too, but like when when we get the feedback that we've been getting, especially when we show people concept stuff or yeah. like explain certain mechanics and how things work, like the feedback we've been getting is tremendously better than yeah. i expected like yeah. i absolutely i figured people to be starting trying to point out like similarities like oh you're doing this because Yu-Gi-Oh, or you're doing this because of magic stuff like that but literally that has been the back of people's minds they see yeah. our game and they're like this is fucking cool yeah uh, and that's i think the main thing i wanted i think the best compliment that i've received about the game is oh i see what you did you you married Yu-Gi-Oh and magic without making it obvious and I was like, well, yeah, that's pretty much what I was trying to do. Like, because there are certain problems in Magic that are fixed in Yu-Gi-Oh! And there are certain Yu-Gi-Oh! problems that Magic didn't have. Because yeah. you can think about it this way. Like, Magic predated Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Magic being the first real trading card game that's on a competitive level like that. Um, I've learned a lot from them. The majority of what I've learned being that you're never going to be able to release a game that has perfect releases. So the whole idea is to create the best game that you want to play. And to do that, it was a matter of hiring people who wanted to be here simply because they thought the idea was interesting and as they learned more became passionate. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I I absolutely love the team we've assembled. Like it's it's fantastic when you get people that actually want to be here for the product, not just to 
like, oh, this could go somewhere and make me, put me higher somewhere or get me a reputation or whatever. No, we just want the game to do good. Like, everyone just wants this game to be really awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it shows in everybody's work and yeah. their effort that they're putting into it. Like, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and with the amount of progress that we've managed to make over such a short amount of time, because I was looking back on it, and I made first contact with Ashley six months ago. And um, Ashley has been essentially an invaluable resource since. Has it really only been six months? Yeah, it's only been six months. Oh, six months since Jessica backed out. Yeah, but even then, uh, the best way way of thinking about that is – I didn't even have the concept art that made me finish the game the first time around um, until that point because I, I built, the, I built the, the game as much as I could while working like seven days a week. Right. And then um, yeah, I had these eight archetypes and I personally thought that they were pretty interesting, but I was biased. So I took a month off of working on the game and... I got back and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I made a lot of grammar mistakes and a lot of spelling mistakes and things need to be reorganized and it needs to look good, but I feel like I've got something here. And so I sent it to Tyler um, and I, and I was like, Hey man, will you, will you take a look at this and, and tell me what you think? Like, what, Do you think this is something worth playing? And then he he was the one who brought up how good the tiering system was for balancing, because I, I hadn't even I haven't even really thought about it at that point, because I, I wasn't even I, I wasn't even thinking that far ahead at that point, because I was pretty much just oh let's make a game have fun play we'll play with a couple friends maybe I'll get it to sell here locally in Orlando, um, but then it it immediately transformed oh yeah oh my god like it's yeah it like especially the tiering system i love the tiering system yeah like i absolutely that was the one thing that i was like yes like that's the i think that's the main core mechanic that we've mostly maintained yeah because the um, original idea yeah the tiering (laughs) the tiering system was essentially my answer to magic's mana system and Yu-Gi-Oh's tributing system at the same time because I came to the realization that you must understand that those only exist to slow down the play of powerful cards and in order to do that they have decided that you must pay a cost but sometimes you don't want to sometimes the cards that you need to build the card that you want are more important than the card that you want or you build a deck entirely designed around getting the number of monsters to the field while having the card that you want to summon. And I mean, Link Summoning and XZ Summoning and, and Synchro Summoning, each one of those only accentuated that problem. And I, I don't necessarily think that creating new summoning mechanics is the way to go. I, I, I think Magic Gathering is closer when it comes to create a new interesting mechanic in general like yeah. and a whole new play style or a different feel to what you've created or revamp what you've already done and improve it to the best of your ability cuz like magic goes back 
and looks at cards fairly regularly. But a game like Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't seem to do that as much. Sure, Yu-Gi-Oh! gives regular support to its old archetypes, but not correctly. No. Like, they'll give support and it completely changes how the people that used to use those cards played them, so now mm-hmm. they're playing something completely different. Yeah, they're playing something completely different, or or they've simply just given it enough power to where you want to buy the cards again. Yeah. And I, I really don't think that that's the solution to selling more cards. I think the solution to selling more cards is creating new and interesting archetypes for people to play, or new and interesting play styles, or creating really interesting art or having really deep lore um because i mean if the whole idea is you got to sell more cards which it's really not the the idea is create the best game you possibly can that you want to play yeah and that you want other people to play and that you want other people to be happy to play if you don't do that you don't have a game and if you don't have a game you don't have a, you, you're not you're not developing a game yeah and if you can't if you can't develop a game you definitely shouldn't um try and make a blockchain game oh yeah no so my my whole approach to this has been make a game so good or at least good enough that people look at us and think huh i wonder where they're gonna go and also inform people from the beginning that we have this interest in the blockchain, that we have this interest in in design in general, and that we want to take this as far as people will let us and see where it goes. Because how else are we supposed to do this? I mean, we can't make people play our game. We can't make people want to play our game. Yeah. We definitely can't shove it or shove our game down people's throats and have them get annoyed by it like we don't want a raid shadow legends situation oh, here Jesus. Yeah. um no offense raid shadow legends but you, yeah. you do have a lot of advertising and i'm kind of i'm kind of tired of it i mean i haven't watched one in forever but um i do see them pop up a lot and i hit the skip button six times Oh, and yeah, and there's no lack of memeing on it, too. That's another thing. Nowadays, yeah. with anything, you have to be so careful. You have to walk a line between popularity and just it turning into a joke. Like, just because it's so common and everybody sees it over and over and over and over again. And you also want to make sure that what you're presenting isn't going to be bad. Exactly. Like, it's not a one-trick point. It's like, oh, cool. It's cool seeing it the first time, but I don't want to hear about the same exact thing 10,000 fucking times. Exactly, exactly. Like, I if agree. I hear about it again, I want to hear something new that's happening, or I want to hear something that maybe was there, but now it's being introduced and explained. Like, it's being brought to light. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, I want to feel as though I'm stumbling across something new. Yes. Oh, yes. I don't want to feel like it's being shoved down my throat, you know. Um, yeah, that's the main. That's the main reason I, I, I wanted to do this is because blockchain's just a technology. 
it, it's going to have its ups and downs when it comes to production. Am I going to be at the forefront of that? I really don't think so. If I'm being honest, I don't think I'm going to be the the greatest programming developer in blockchain. In all honesty, if I'm being in all honesty, if I'm being honest, in all honesty, like I find myself far more distracted right now when it comes to just making the game and maintaining my sanity with the whole thing. That it's sometimes difficult to think that far ahead so i'm really glad that i've worked the roadmap out already and i have the next few years worked out and i've done so much setting up because now that i can just focus on hey let's get the game done let's let's work on making everything work the way that it's supposed to and make sure that this game isn't exploitable before we bring it to the blockchain i i feel a lot better because my biggest worry has always been, how does this all fall together? How does this all work? And the more I work on it and the more I talk to other experts and talk to people that have done this and that are doing this, the more I learn that it's a matter of every piece falling together on its own. Okay. When it comes to the security of a blockchain project, there are several different areas where it's vulnerable to attack and the least of which is the balance of the game because you could make it to where no one's user information will get stolen no one's going to accidentally disconnect from the game no one's going to lose any progress you can you can set it up to where every single thing about the game's or sorry the the play to earn aspect of the game works perfectly and that there's no security risks and then the fundamental flaw that you find would be in the game itself. And so if we're going to do this correctly, we, I wanted to take a look at how projects like this form. And I came to the conclusion that someone has the idea, hey, I want to work with the blockchain. They learn how to do it. And then they think, well, what, what can I do? on the blockchain that people will enjoy. Um, I'm talking about purely people that do this for good intentions, not any of the bad people. Yeah. The um, the scammers or oh, the yeah, rug the pullers. Fucking, they um, throw it out there, grab some money and take off. Exactly, exactly. Um, the, the thing that they do is, is they make a game and I've tried a lot of different yeah, a lot of different. I've tried a lot of different um, blockchain games, and besides Axie Infinity, none of them really caught my attention. And playing Axie Infinity is very expensive. And I'm just not really interested in playing a game that's that expensive to play. And I'm not interested in playing a game that's expensive to play, period. I You get involved with games like that, because they say that they're play to earn and they're not because they have they have a a price tag at the start of the game being the first nft that you buy and i don't like that i, I i've never liked that yeah. because then it's not play to earn it's play to recover it's pay it's pay to play to earn yeah 
and they're just ignoring the first part. And that's probably the main reason that, that the majority of these projects fail. Um, is because people get involved or people look at it and they're like, oh, yay, play to earn. And then they start the game and they realize, oh, wait, it has this much of, a, of an up, upfront fee. And sometimes it gets bad. Like, I want to say that when I wanted to start playing Axie Infinity, unfortunately, it was at the height of the game. So things were very expensive on Ethereum. Um, but I wanted to say it was like $50 to, to get involved with the game at all. Holy and shit. I was like, I, I'll just play a AAA title. Play, play to earn game. Well, I don't know if Axie Infinity necessarily advertises free to play, but when you hear the terms play to earn, I hear free to play, play to earn, I can make money playing this game. Yeah. And that's not really true for most people. And to figure out how to get that to work, it's a balancing act. So... It's a combination of making a game that's fun enough to play, that enough people are playing it and putting their money back into it that they earn, that it becomes autonomous. Because the whole situation falls apart if Collision isn't fun and we don't learn anything from the situation and our next project also fails. If we don't attempt to do the best possible project now and create the greatest experience for our users now as possible, we, 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 we won't have them hooked for... Yeah, we won't have them hooked for anything. And right now, we, we're in a very good situation where I would say that we have probably 90% of our user base who are here, here for life. And until it comes out that I'm doing something nefarious on the side, they're, they're good. Like and that's not going to happen. So, as long as we keep our honesty out there and, and we don't try and sell ourselves as these amazing geniuses that can accomplish all these different things without putting our money where our mouth is, we we will grow organically or we won't. And that that's the thing. It's a competition, unfortunately. There are probably thousands of blockchain games that are currently in development. And most of them will fail. And the only way to make sure that we are not one of them is to make sure that we create a game that we want to play. A game that we want other people to play, as I mentioned earlier. And given how obsessed you've gotten with the game, oh, dude, I, love it. I, I really think that that's, I that's true. Because I don't even think you were this obsessed with Destiny when it came yeah. out. No, because you you message me about the any time that you we talk, you mention the game, even the, even when I try and keep it steered away from that, just so we can like talk casually as friends, which I'm not saying to change. By the way, um, it always ends up going towards it, and I'm in the other I'm in the completely opposite side of the basket where all I think about is Collision Gate because I'm working on it so so frequently that I can't remember everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I which I remember once. Oh my god, I'm probably gonna get chastised for this. I remember once listening to an Eminem interview where he was talking about how the reason he can't perform his old songs is essentially just this overload of all the new information that he's created. And I was like, that doesn't really make sense because you you worked on something for an incredibly long period of time and you dedicated so much heart and love and soul into. It. I feel like it would be burned into your brain. But no, I'm I've been very surprised 
with how much forgetting about my own game. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, Every time we start, I'm, I almost ask, I'm like, do I draw a card? If I'm first? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't yeah, well, I mean, we also have changed the rule. Now yeah, that, that's now that the thing. rule book is, like, fully finalized, and we're pretty sure that there's not going to be too dramatic of a shift, I feel like it's very coherent. Oh, which is the most important thing, if I'm being yeah. honest. And Having... a lot of the forgetting stuff stems from how many times it's changed as well. Yeah. Because, like, we have so much information on the game. Like, we could probably sit down and play a game of how it was originally created just by sheer, like, oh, this was this was a mechanic. That's like, true, yeah. We could just sit down and just do that. There are archetypes that aren't even going to get made now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are archetypes that are just um, out the window. Yeah, and... and Man, I, I did not realize how much cut content it was actually created. Um, Fucking crazy! It's just like with video, like the video game developers yeah. and stuff. Like you talk, they talk about these like mechanics or levels and stuff, and we're just like, why was this cut out? And it's like, just doesn't fit. Doesn't yeah, fit doesn't into work. the final product. And like this has been a very, very educational experience. I think from. Um, pretty much everyone involved because like this has been a huge undertaking that I think we've been going pretty smooth on yeah I think considering how much experience we have collectively which is not very much we no. we've accomplished a lot um, I was telling you guys when we had our had our company meeting uh, I can't remember how long ago it was now there's two weeks two weeks yeah um, we had our company meeting two weeks ago. I was telling you guys, whether or not we fail, you, we should all be very proud of where we've come and where we're going. Because it takes a lot of guts to make something. And it takes a lot of guts to put your name on something and say, hey, I made this and I want you to, to like it. Because most people are going to say no. Yeah, there's a reason that games aren't. Well, I guess they are mainstream now, but there's a reason that ten years ago, playing Yu-Gi-Oh was not at all cool. Like, it's still not cool to play Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. but it has a much bigger fan base now than it did when we were in high school. Um, but then again, that's people growing up and yeah, like yeah. new people. Yeah, new Just people new getting people involved. in general. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to I, I do the opposite. <laughs> like, I want to catch people who have been playing a bunch of other different card games and just have a sour taste in their mouth. And I want them to f come across our game and hopefully, I mean, maybe this is impossible, but hopefully not find any problems with it, which... That would be a dream. That would be a dream, oh, yeah. That an impossible a dream. dream that... Like a that, game that we wouldn't find any problems with. Yeah. So that for, would be yeah. That would be a stretch in itself, let alone yeah, other um, people. I mean, I feel like we've gotten pretty close. Especially, I mean, yeah. I, I think if we... Okay. So you got you to remember to put it into perspective. We're nine people? Nine people. New Tyler. Two, three artists. Six, seven, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, I, we're we're between seven and nine people, <laughs> which way more 
people than I thought we were yeah, going to be getting involved. Very, quick, very quickly, very quickly. Yeah. Um, which I did not expect. Like staple people. It, like yes. people that are going to be here yeah. until the um, end of this project at least. It, for instance, Ashley. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ashley. Um, I'm sure she'll listen to this, so sorry for complimenting you once again. <laughs> Ashley's potential, as I've said multiple times, Ashley's potentially a one in a million talent when it comes to art. She can go in whatever direction she wants to go, and the fact that she is taking a chance by letting her first project be this is mind-blowing. Because I've straight up told her that this is long-term, that she'll have pl- I want to give her plenty of time to work on any side projects that she want to work on, and she'd have the opportunity to leave whenever she wants, but she seems really interested in staying and the fact that she wasn't interested in card games before and she's still not like a super card game fan and she's still not super excited to play the game she is excited to play the game she does want to be she wants to be fully involved with the project and having someone with that caliber of skill who is going to gain hopefully a passion for the project as the project itself instead of her her contribution to the project which i mean she has a a passion for the project now but i mean the same kind of experience that you and i have where we made something we're continuing to make something it keeps us up up at night thinking about it kind of oh my god like even like i've like i've been working on trying to get more like man hours into it and as I'm doing it, like, I'm just, I'm constantly thinking about the game. I'm yeah. like, what am I going to bring up the next time we sit down to talk about this? Because I'm like, I, like, this is, it's, like, I'm mentioning it to people. Like, I'm, I'm showing clo- my close circle, like, things that we've been achieving here and there. I'll pop up here. Like, here's a concept art. Look at this. Yeah. This is fucking dope. Yeah. Like, I didn't do this, but we did this we did like yeah. this came from a product of a group of people like a very diverse group of people as yeah. well like yeah. i like it's fucking awesome yeah our like, team our team is very diverse okay um start saying- sorry we had technical difficulties yeah. yeah uh computers man work on them program them do all these different things they still don't listen to you anyways um where were we um, we're talking about the diversity of our team. Like we've got a nice diverse team, like very a lot of nice fresh perspectives from them. Like like different perspectives from different walks of life that yeah, I and really different, enjoy. Different experience like, levels, discussing different um, different backgrounds on learning because mm-hmm. we have we have quite a few tel- self taught tel- self taught we have quite a few self taught artists, and then we have a number of fully trained individuals who have maybe don't have a ton of experience but definitely know what they're doing and right. definitely they've been given the tools not yeah, the outlet yeah they've been given the tools but not the opportunity not yeah. the outlet not the not the situation to succeed and this is that like that's the thing um i think the majority of the people that are involved at this point and hopefully anyone who gets involved in the near future understands that we're going to do our best and that's really all we can hope for with the 
with the added benefit of being a cryptocurrency and having the BUSD rewards and planning to move into the blockchain, our avenue for success expands dramatically. Oh, yeah. And personally, I don't think technology goes backwards. And the fact that cryptocurrency exists and the fact that NFT gaming exists and the fact that play to earn exists means that things are only going to get better. And to do that, all you have to really do is put yourself in a position with a good idea and a good plan and roll with the punches. There is no, there is no, let me study what this person has done and copy their their actions and, and then I'll succeed. That might work, maybe, but, right, but it's, it's disingenuous. Done, so it's, there's less likely a chance that it'll work because it yeah. already worked. It's, yeah, it's already worked. And there's no... There's no point in reinventing the wheel at this point. Things are moving in directions that I don't even know to imagine. Technology is advancing in speeds <laughs> in speeds that are unfathomable when you really think about Did it. Cars fly now. <laughs> cars fly. Now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's getting to that point. It's like, shit. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not too long ago. It's not too long ago that we were dealing with simple NES games and Snake on the phone. And Snake on the phone. And, oh my god, you have a console in your pocket. Now. Yeah, you have like a console. It's getting to the point where these can run games better than like. Oh um, my god! I I have uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic on my phone, and I also have it on my Switch. It runs better on my phone. No oh, shit, that's but, fucking. Nuts. But the thing is, the Switch version is updated, right? And is port is essentially a port of the mobile version of the game, but with the correct commands and the the um oh, what's it called the. Uh, the, the smoothness of a console. Right. However, the game responds better to commands on my phone. And in all honesty, listens to me better because I'm touching it exactly where I want it to go and doing it. It's basically like playing it on the PC, but with my finger. Yeah. And um, I think that's pretty much how to do it. And I mean, sorry to date this video, but, or this podcast, rather. Master Duel just came out, and oh my God. I think that's the best example for us to look at because Yu-Gi-Oh is massive, and Master Duel is a huge project. Oh. They they've done something really special with this, and if if they keep attempting to appeal to the masses while appealing to the long-term fans and making the level of entry reasonable, I, I, I really think this is nothing but good for us because maybe this is controversial, but I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh! is good anymore. I don't think the game... It's, it's not 
I think I don't think it's good anymore in the fact that you can't just you can't you can't just pick it up and play. Yeah, you you, you really can't. To, like, Master Duel makes research. it easier. Yeah. And like you have the opportunity to really grow and like you can earn points in the game and and earn stuff. But Yu-Gi-Oh's too deep. And I mean in the wrong way. I, I, it's a lot like Skyrim in the sense of there's a lot of stuff going on and I mean sometimes it's fairly intricate and sometimes the dominoes line up really well for you to be like, oh, that was that's really good or that was really eye-opening. But and I'm referring to just the card game, by the way. I, I understand that uh, Reigns is actually decent. Um, anyways, I, I just don't think that a new player will be into Yu-Gi-Oh. No. I, I think, I think of a seven-year-old kid, which is about the age I was when I started really playing Yu-Gi-Oh for fun, um, would not sit down and understand Yu-Gi-Oh. Do I think that I understood Yu-Gi-Oh when I was seven? No, I, I don't think oh, so. God. It was it was complicated. It was a complicated game, especially since we were watching the show and like it was teaching us nothing about the game. Exactly, exactly. Um, however, I did know at that point the basics. Like I could, I could pretend to know what I was doing, or me and someone else could pretend to know what we were doing and play. Because I, I remember sitting in front of my uncle's house playing Yu-Gi-Oh when I was little and fusing cards together without polymerization. To, and the way we did it was, excuse me, from the anime when um, following the same rule as Blue-Eyes Ultimate. Add their attacks together, divide by two. Yeah. And it was great. It was a good time. But... It wasn't the right way, but I don't think a kid can pick up a modern Yu-Gi-Oh structure deck and see, oh, there's this color card that's a monster, but then there's this color monster, and then there's this color monster, and then realize, oh, I have to learn how to summon all of these different types of monsters, and none of them tell you how. Oh, yeah. No. So, you understand that you have to fusion summon, and you can read the rulebook and find out how fusion summoning is performed, but you don't understand the subtle differences between them unless you just understand how gaming works in general. For instance, why is XZ summoning sometimes easier to pull off than synchro summoning? If you didn't know about tuners and... The fact that the weight of tuners to normal monsters or monsters that they can synchro summon with is swaying more towards there being less, you would not know that XZ summoning is the second easiest mechanic they've ever come up with, with Link summoning being the easiest. So you would probably think a card... is particularly strong or particularly weak based on really nothing, no amount of data. And 
by just tearing it in literally the same way we tier decks and their playability in the competitive scene, I think that makes it very straightforward. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Like, you can tell, like, it's five simple numbers, four. Well, it's six. Six. Because five, four, three, two, one, zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which seems like... I know that seems hectic, and it seems like I'm literally doing exactly the same thing that Yu-Gi-Oh is doing. But you have to think about it this way. There are 13 stars in Yu-Gi-Oh, and most of them are useless. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, there's so, like, it's very, like, when I got back, when I started getting, going to tournaments and stuff at card shops, like, it wasn't about, like, I wasn't picking monsters based on their level or this and that it's like okay what cards do i have for this monster to get it out on the field yeah like if i added a monster to the deck it wasn't just adding the monster it was adding the monster plus like let's take up a fifth of my deck just for this in particular monster yeah especially with modern Yu-Gi-Oh, most of the time you're special summoning anyways yeah so just constantly yeah just constantly spamming out as many cards as possible which bypasses the entire point of the tributing mechanic yeah so if the tributing mechanic existed to make it harder to summon, and then fusion summoning existed to make it even harder to summon even stronger monsters, and then so on and so forth, why does it feel the other way around now? Oh, why does yeah. it feel like you can't normal summon? Oh, it, I almost never normal summon. Yeah, it feels like anymore. all I do is reveal cards from my hand and take two-minute turns. Yeah. And I, I don't. I really don't think a turn should be that long. <laughs> like uh, I've played a lot of games, like a lot of games. The new what's it called? The um, Master Duel. Master Duel, like the the yeah. turn timer. Yeah, the turn timer. Four hundred and fifty seconds. Yes, four hundred. I oh think it's. God. I think it's for the entire game, though. No, it kept resetting. I was watching the Mac. It kept that yellow bar because there was yeah. a yellow bar and a blue bar. It kept 450 resetting. seconds is ridiculous. That's insane. I'm like uh, that. Nobody's ever gonna run. Out yeah, of that. I, I three minutes, and that's literally just to be nice. It, it should not take uh, at this point in Collision Gate's production, unless you are purposely stalling for time. It should not take more than two and a half minutes to finish your turn, and oh, that's yeah. if you read every single card you draw on your first turn and think very strategically, and. I really don't want that to change because we've, we've managed to create a game that's about a seven-turn game that feels very, very back and forth. The playability is quite high. The learning curve, even at launch, is can be quite steep while not feeling overwhelming because you have to remember you have to think about it as both a competitive card game player and new card game player. And as a competitive card game player, the game is fairly dense. And I'm not saying that from my my perspective. I'm saying that from the perspective of my balancers, who are both competitive card game players. And, um, well, I mean, we're both balancers, too, but I was referring to those two in particular. Right. And they both say that the game is, com- is competitively deep and has the chance to get even deeper as time goes on. So now it's just a matter of figuring out where we want to go and getting the support we need to get there with all of the different mechanics that we've created to try and solve the problems that people have with games the only thing we can hope for is that 
the right person hears about it and it's enough to spark a bonfire because most card games fail. Yeah. Most blockchain projects fail. Most startups fail. The ones that succeed are the ones that boldly claim we're here. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And then they do it. And then they do it. And to do to do that, it's just a matter of hard work and planning and, and getting the right people in the right places. For instance... And time. And time, yeah. Oh. Um, when it comes to this next year's roadmap, I did my best to to plan how everything will actually take place. And the majority of the time, I tried to give myself extra time just to be safe, as to not break promises. But with the advent of life, when it comes to so many people that are interconnected in one thing, it's far more difficult than I thought it would be. Meeting a deadline is very difficult when you think about the fact that people are human. And now yeah. I really understand a lot of what's been the main complaint of the gaming industry because when you launch, when you announce that a project exists, you pretty much started a detonator where you're saying, okay, I'm making this game. And then a handful of people jump on and they're like, okay, I'm interested. If you show me something worth talking about, I'll show, I'll show more people. And then it expands from there. So the way I see it, our announcement time and our launch time for Collision Token was ideal until I got sick. Because that really delayed things because of the just the lethargy that I felt. I pretty much just couldn't work. And then the first few days, I, I could not look at my computer. I could not play video games. I could not look at my phone. I, I couldn't do anything. Um, I literally was just laying, laying in bed and moaning like a child. Um, yeah, yeah I, I was in the fetal position. Like I felt like I was a little kid again, waiting on my mom to bring me some chicken soup just to survive. Um, thank you, honey, for taking care of me, by the way. What my wife, not my mom. <laughs> Just in case some people think I have an Oedipus complex. Anyways. Um, yeah, and so I, now that I've learned that, it's a matter of, it's more of a matter of balancing how things work instead of when things work in order to arrive at when things work. I, I'm going to be much, I'm going to be far more careful because... This has essentially been now a month delay because it took me so long to recover and then get back into the swing of things. And then I also found out that my sense of timing was wrong. So that was a, that was eye-opening learning experience that I hope to not repeat because if we, if we pull Cardano-style advertising, we're like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and it'll be released on this day. And then continuously fail to meet that deadline and that promise, we're not going to make anything. Oh, we're going to lose all the traction. 
Yeah, and it's just gonna slowly people exactly. are gonna slowly start falling out of interest with it, like because yeah. they're just like, all right, well, they're not delivering on what they said they would. Yeah, so and like, I mean, and right now is really the perfect storm because everyone is calling into question whether or not blockchain in general, with the way things have been going, is the way to go. But it's also at the same time getting a strong foothold. And um, for those familiar with, or sorry, for those unfamiliar with how the tide of blockchain and stocks work, this is when things drop. And the fact that we were able to maintain our price and our market cap over this time and lose almost no users has shown exactly what I was looking for, that I had a passion project and passion supporters. Yeah. And since you've been involved with the chat for quite a while now, I'm sure you've you've seen. Oh yeah, they're the, it's insane. Like yeah, they, they're I, just jumping at the bit to get this thing going. And yeah. I'm like, um, I'm like impressed. I'm like, this yeah. is awesome. It's it's like to the point where it gives me imposter syndrome because there's all these people that believe in me now, when before it was essentially these handful of people who were like, hey, you. You can do this. Like, just put in the effort, and then when you're ready, I'll I'll be there to help you. Just get show your one prove to yourself that you can do it because that's your main enemy. Is can you do you think that you can do it? Because you're not going to get up and and go to work if you don't believe in yourself. And I definitely felt that for quite a while in the beginning, and some days I still really struggle with it because how do I know that I'm worthy of anything, let alone this level of support, which is small, but from my perspective, it's pretty large. Like, oh, sorry, my voice broke. I'm not not crying. My voice just broke. Uh, It's pretty large because, I mean, I've... I've been interested in projects like this, and I've I've shadowed projects like. Well, I'm, let me once again iterate. This is my first time doing a blockchain project, or or creating a video game, or creating a tabletop game, or creating a card game of any kind. Um, but I've shadowed projects and watched their development team, and like tried to learn from them and and see how things went. I thought that when I tried this, and I tried to put a team together it would be a year of me doing nothing and accomplishing nothing despite putting in effort until I was blue in the face. And the opposite happened. I put in my effort. I did my best. And I genuinely don't think I managed to put together a project worthy of the amount of support that we've gotten. And the fact that we have received it and I failed to deliver on my promise of getting things updated and that we still have it yeah. is the only thing that's going to keep us going now that we are going to get the traction that I've promised people. Because knowing that they're not going anywhere, meaning you guys, the supporters, you guys are fucking awesome. Yeah, Thank you guys you. are great. Oh my god, um, we've had such good, 
yeah, we've had such a yeah, such a good time with support and getting to know you guys. The mods that I've got involved with the project are so are so great, and I, I really cannot wait until I can keep my promises to you guys and surprise you, because I I really hope to surprise you, um, as you'll see on the roadmap, which should be out before this. Yeah, I would say it will yeah. be out before this, um, or at the very least out very soon after this. There's a couple secret projects on there um, that I hope mm-hmm. I hope to get taken off. Um, but they're the kind of projects where you're either right or you're an idiot. So we got to make sure that I'm not an idiot before I <laughs> yeah, announce them. A, yeah, you don't ruin, a big one. Yeah, you don't want to ruin a, your company's reputation because you're an idiot. You, you just need to pretend to not be an idiot until you can get a good product out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, I, I've put a lot of effort into the stuff that we're hopefully going to release. And now that it's taking a back burner... Uh, and every once in a while when I look back at the stuff that I've worked on and I, I basically do the same thing I did with the start of the game where I look at it from a novice to that area and then try and break it down until the point of being convinced that, okay, I do have something here. And having done that so many times and sent things back to the design phase so many times... I've kind of realized that no matter what I do, these guys are, are really interested in it. And that gives me the opportunity to try crazy stuff because I'm not going to put our, put us in a position where everyone's going to run because we have shown people did I say shown or showed either way we've shown people um that this is a passion project and that things will only move forward and that things will only get better so finishing this and then hopefully getting back to those I'll be able to show these people who have given me their time, money, and support that it wasn't wasted. And that's really the main thing is we've we've made this exist. We've made this what's the best way of saying this? We've made this project exist and we've made this company exist and we've made this support network exist. Now it's a matter of not letting any of it down. Because when I founded Collision as a company, my advisor told me that I just had a baby. That's how she put it. And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, kind of. Because the company is a person. And when you think about it that way, and you think of, your, you think of yourself as a future parent, you have to realize that you're not raising a child. You're raising an adult. And when you become a member of a partner of a company, founder, whatever you want to call it, you realize that you're not working a job. You're living a job. You're living a company. Because getting up and going to work now is very different 
than what it used to be. And the pressure that I feel now, well, far substantially greater than what I've ever felt in the past, is also far more comfortable. Because it's a level of pressure where I know that people are interested in what I'm going to do. And the pressure is, like I've mentioned already, not letting people down. And the more I think about that, the more I realize it's only going to work if it works. And it's only going to work if we put time in and we put planning in and we really make things expand. Yeah, like it's it's something – it's – because at the same time as it being a project, it being work, like it's, it's a product, but it's a product that we're passionate about. So we can translate that through what we give people. Yeah. <coughs> we, we, we can take the fact that we're passionate about this and that we're happy to be involved and put that as much into our game as possible. And I, I think we have. Yeah. I, I think oh, I think we have one hundred percent. Like everyone involved, and I think that's why we're. I think that's why it's so, like just you alone getting people involved. Like the passion that you have for this project, and the way you're able to lay it out and be like, "Look, this is what I want to make happen," and if we do it this way, can you imagine? Like it, it's just, like the what we were talking about when we were first throwing down ideas, archetypes whatever just throwing shit at the wall seeing what's stuck like the way you sat like you talked to me he's like you're like this could go somewhere this this we just have to do it yeah and i'm like i'm all for it like yeah it, and it and it showed like i was like yes let's fucking do something let's let's make something happen and yeah. that's what people want like they want to see new things they want to see something that came from a place a good place like a a place of I want to show I want to make this and I want to give it to you to enjoy yeah rather than hey come buy my shit yeah exactly like um not a not a business perspective but like I, we want to give people something that they can legitimately enjoy like and have fun with and participate in like it's just it's just a fun project no it's I, just fun I definitely agree I I've never had more fun than I oh have working on this. Never never has something been so equally as fun as it is stressful. Yes. in my goddamn life. <laughs> yeah, um, which I, I try and keep the stress off of you guys as much as possible because like, um, as much as it is crunch time, it is also not time for you guys to be stressed out. And because, we don't want to rush anything. Exactly. So um, yeah. It. I don't know how indie or I'm sorry not indie game uh, triple a developers do this because they essentially force their workers to work every day all day when it's crunch time when you guys do not produce no not even you guys I mean I, I sometimes remove remove myself from the creative process but I, I never mind um, anyways creatives perform best under the right amount of stress there's a there's a happy medium some creators can't work without a deadline some creators can't work without a reference to inspire them some 
some creators can't improvise. It's just a matter of what you're what you're skilled at. So I thought the best approach would be to find an artist who draws a style that I'm imagining this in already and ask them like, are you interested? Yeah. Do you want to be involved? And it's created the best art I've oh ever seen. God. Oh, when it comes the to artists involved, like, like when you guys have them, you're gonna have them. You're gonna have them on the podcast, right? Yeah, the plan yeah. is to have everybody on. Oh my god, the the, the artists the, when when everyone sees what they're creating, like just the small snippets I've been showing to my close circle is just massive amounts of just praise and like being. I know we've talked about this several times. We try so hard to critique them. Yes. We try so hard, but they give us such good stuff because it's something they want to do. Yeah. Like, we have we let one of them shape an entire archetype. Yes. Into something completely different, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love well, it. You'll get more detail on that episode. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah, so essentially we had an entire archetype built, and we had this design for the archetype. <clears throat> and then... When hiring people, you suggested just tell them what to do and then see what they do, and that's like give the, them a name. Yeah, give, give them, them a name. name and what it what it possibly what it does or yeah. whatever. Like with with the, what we're talking about in particular, don't want to get into any specifics, but like at that point, you were just like you decided I'm this is what it is. Here's the name for the boss monster. Yeah, or creature. Sorry. God damn, that's been another learning yeah, process. That's, trying to learn all it's of literally our terms drilled it into so our in, into know. our brain too. Because like there are a lot of times where instead of defending, I say block, and there are a lot of times where uh, I go to tap a card. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, or do something else, and I'm just like, oh wait, the, this is a different game <laughs> and, that you created and I'll use that you should know the rules to. Whenever a card like summons another creature out of the deck or something, I'm I, I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna special summon. I mean, I'm gonna just no, I'm just summon. summoning out of the deck. No, yeah. no special about it. Well, I mean, uh, I thought we kind of agreed that we would use the special summon term, but that it doesn't really matter because it's just a differentiation between, hey, you I mean, can summon this card, and hey, you can special summon this card. So that way. In the event that a deck that special summons a ton was exist uh, was created, we could floodgate with a um, special summon, or we could yes we, summon. I can't because I'm trying to think of a deck it's where on we some, use that. It's on some of the old cards. Yeah, I know for sure it's on some of the old cards. It's not on any of the new uh, of the newer versions of the cards. Yeah, I think so, because I think it's just inherent that it's it's a different type of summoner. I think it's probably it's just, just one of those ideas that we've, the deck or we've shelved in the event that we need it. Yeah, yeah. I because, think it's not that crucial. Yeah, because I want to say I want to say we literally just took the word special summon out of every card that said special summon and said summon instead, and it made just as much sense. Yeah, and if that's the case, why have the special part? So, yeah. and that was also in. In um in favor of limiting the card text as much as possible, is, yeah. which is one of our first goals that has been hard to maintain but not super impossible. Like as long as we make the card text understand easily yeah. understandable, I think we can get around having a lot of card text because some of these cards have a lot going on. Yeah, but like, that's what makes the game yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, problem preventing card text ha- has probably been one of the most important things. Oh yeah, because when Yu Gi Oh was launched. 
stuff was very incoherent. And then when Magic was launched, things were almost too simple, I would say. So it's just a matter of finding that balance. This whole this whole experience has been finding a balance. Like even oh, though yeah. we basically created the game with the intention of hey, let's make a game that fixes all the problems we have with the games that we play. It's still finding a balancing act on top of that has been very difficult. Oh, balancing goes far beyond actual balance of the game. Like yeah. balancing all the different aspects has been something that i didn't expect us to really get i honestly didn't expect us to get into because i didn't like at first because at first it was like it was fun it was cool i figured it would be something we could like work out like okay this doesn't work we'll throw this in here there and but once we introduced another person to the mix we ended up yeah changing that whole dynamic and it's like okay now we got to go into detail on this yeah stuff. And, and, and and for the better like yeah i, I like what's come out of it yes I really um do. Yeah, because when we were making the game as a fun thing that we would play with our friends, we didn't even care about the balance. And then as things started to get more serious and more people got involved, it, it became such a central part of what we wanted to create. Because the more I talked to people that I came into contact with in the trading card game community, the more I found that they all seem to have the same complaint with whatever game they were currently playing and that it just wasn't getting addressed or there was no way to address it so no, just by the inherent yeah mechanics of the game yeah. yeah so i thought the best solution would be to to not essentially not really create a new variable because you're going to think about it this way uh tiering is just a less resource intensive mana yeah. Because it's literally how many turns have passed until you can activate this card. But the decision-making is a little more turn-based instead of trying to think six or seven turns ahead and hope for luck at the same time. I personally think that our game is very much about, okay, what am I going to do this turn? How is my opponent going to respond? And then how can I respond to that? Instead of, okay, let me put this here, hope that it doesn't get destroyed. Here's my thing to stop it from getting destroyed. Hopefully that doesn't. Get Hopefully destroyed. that doesn't get negated. I am my turn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I, I've I've played a lot of card games, and I've never felt more on edge than playing this. When, oh yeah oh it's it's fantastic it, when you start getting someone down to 30 life points and then you and you realize that they could make a comeback yeah with comeback oh my god like the amount of times like because in Yu-Gi-Oh, like when i would play like just comparing it to what i know because that's basically the main one i've played for the audience's information um like with Yu-Gi-Oh, if you start to get low in life points and you've been exhausting uh, strategies or they've been, like, destroying bits and pieces of your strategy at that point, like, there's almost no coming back. Yeah. Like, as soon as your uh, strategy has been thrown away, like, you just, there's no, like, unless you plan for that, but it's very hard to plan for that and have a consistent deck. Yes. In Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and that's where 
I like that we've made it to where it's not hard to implement different strategies because they can still piggyback off of the other ones. Yeah. And because of the way we tier the cards, that also helps to with alleviate some of that because you don't need a card to start the strategy. You just need to get the card started on the field yeah. to start the strategy. And I like that because it also doesn't feel like there's a bunch of in-between stuff. It's literally just the card's moving. Yeah. Like, as soon as you have the card, it can start moving. Yeah. Like, you can start doing something with it. Like, it feels like the game is going. Instead of you just like, all right, I have this, but now I have to wait until I have this and this to get it on the field or use this and this to get it up to where I want it or whatever. No, I can put it on the field and it just it starts from there. Like, yeah. I just keep adding to it. Yeah, and then there's also enough options in within the game to make it to where if you have a particular strategy in mind, you can implement as many different variations to it as needed to further your chances of winning. And the opportunities to take advantage of those comebacks are really just because with Collision, you can't just disturb someone's rhythm. You have to disturb someone's sense of rhythm. You have yeah. to basically... The, your example with Sophia today was really good. You you had to get a hand that you're essentially you had a hand of I have to get one strong monster on the field and then play all these support to make it easy to, to get a victory. But Sophia managed to draw all the cards that she needed to essentially get her main strategy off, and you still almost took her out. Yeah, yeah, I still was still fighting tooth and nail to keep to stay alive and to keep my shit on the field. Yeah, she and ended to keep up, hers off. Yeah, she ended to. with a, quite a few life points more than you did. I think she was like six hundred ahead of you. Um, but that's the thing with collision. I we we often see someone tart start to tart start to turn the tide of the game when there's only a hundred life points left. Oh yeah, and it's it's far more exciting than. Oh, it's it's amazing because you're right there on the edge, and then you're like you get that you get that one card, or you think of that one way, and with the support pile, I love the support pile because you have even if you're failing you or whatever, change it to resupply or resupply, resupply. God damn it! See, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that you don't you don't get from other game devs where they where they don't remember the name of the stuff that they created. And exactly. It, yeah, the, this stuff is. It, I don't think. I don't think it comes out as quickly as uh, or as smoothly as they make it seem. Yeah, no, no, no way in hell. Um, but the resupply, like it's 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 really a game changer. Like, cause you you have so many options and it can be overwhelming at a certain yeah. point. But once you realize what works for which situations, mm -hmm. like you you have that one turn that you just have to wait one turn and you can change the entire tide of the game. Yeah, just by what you put in your resupply. Yeah, and then the smoothness that the decks work together, because um, I remember we accidentally created tag duels because you and I teamed up on uh, on one of the old balancers. We were playing a game, and we pretty much came to the conclusion that if he got his strategy off, we would both lose. So the only way to win would be just take him out really quick. Oh yeah. So I started doing stuff to further my strategy, and then you were doing burn damage, and I realized, wait a minute. The versatility of these two decks together is so much stronger than the two of them separately. Oh, yeah. And 
it can only be accentuated even further by the fact that one of those decks is mainly focused on defense and the other deck is mainly focused on attack. So you can maximize the effectiveness of both of those mainstream strategies while taking advantage of the other's strategy. And in doing that, like we decided it would be a good idea to create the tag duel system and, and the team duel system. And the, the number of variations of this game that were created just to see like, oh, I wonder how fun this would be. And then the answer was, oh, a lot of fun. Oh, fuck and yeah. it introduces these crazy new things that you didn't have to think about before has been crazy. Oh, I love it. It's and, just been evolving. Yeah. Just and, a constant evolution. And then as we, we get further into a point where the anime and the manga are taking form and things are things with that are starting to become more real, it, it's getting even better. Because the whole, the whole game started as a trading card game. And then it became... A competitive trading card game and then it became an incredibly well balanced competitive trading card game and then it became an ever-expanding infinite world oh yeah because this the setting of a multiverse i think one people are really into it right now and two it's just the perfect setting because our creatures don't even have to follow the same physics as one another now. They no. can be completely different, completely unique, completely out of left field type creatures, and it will make perfect sense because everything makes sense in this world. Because everything exists in this world. Because yeah. it's every world. Yeah, anime titties to giant robots. Like, yeah. it's, it's all there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything from cute fox girls to... Cthulhu. To, yeah, to Cthulhu. Oh, can we get him to do the Cthulhu deck? Oh, that would be fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah, I have uh, I have oh, all yeah. that worked out. Oh, for, yeah. Oh, you might have, you might have oh we, okay, we're going to have to cut that out. Anything no, no, can... we can leave that. Okay. We can leave. Okay, we'll, okay. We'll, sprinkle, we'll sprinkle a little bit of the future stuff. Give him a little bit of taste. Um, yeah, we... Um, it's That's another thing. It's so hard not to tell people about certain things. Yeah. Because uh, I'm so ready to give this early on in the game early on in the development of the game my biggest fear was that i was actually onto something and that i would tell someone who would take immediately change it make it their own and then take it to the next level and have the the resources and the connections needed to make it make it faster amazing success yeah an incredible yeah faster too um and that's really the only thing you have to worry about when it comes to a project like this is if you're not first, which you can't be first anymore, you have to be the best. And that's slowly been the way things have been. Back in the early age of the internet boom, it was the first person to do something is the person who, who makes the most money. But now it's the person who does something the best and is the most genuine and, and kindest and straightforward about it is the person who succeeds. And we just have to hope that that remains to be true. Well, then again, it's not always true because 
quite a few number of projects succeed on the fact that they're scams and then evolve into something more. Um, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. The, the real things that people will be looking for every day until the end of time is something for them to sink their time into that rewards them monetarily and entertainmently. I don't, that's not a word, but I can't think of the correct term for that. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's just rewarding. Yeah. Like it feels rewarding. Like you, yeah. you accomplish something, you, you get to see uh, returns in your investment of time mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I know. I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I really just want to make that. And I feel like you feel the same way. Oh yeah. Like at this point, like it's gotten, it's gone so much further past just a card game. Like I just love what we're doing with everything. Yeah. Like I'm just here for everything. Yeah, just a matter of keeping our morals, too. Yeah. I was just just thinking that. Um, Money changes people. Yeah, money changes people. Success changes people. That's the main reason I'm so glad to have you involved and so glad that, like, like, basically you're my best friend. I've known you longer than almost anybody else. And to know that you're not involved because of that you're involved because you're interested in the game and because you genuinely want to provide your skills to the project really is amazing and means a lot to me and the fact that so many of my friends who really are are taking a lot of their time effort and attention to make this happen and the fact that they, more often than not, are looking to find more to do has been, as much as I hate other people saying this, the more I, the more I work, the more I understand this. It's been very humbling because it really makes me feel as though I'm not doing enough, even though when I talk about what I'm doing, people say that I am and people say that. I'm taking it seriously enough and that I'm working hard enough. The way that things are going and the way that things will hopefully continue to go really makes me just want to give a thousand percent. Oh yeah. It's, it's one of those things because it's your baby. Yeah. Like you want, you have a higher standard for it than most people do. Yeah. So I have, you want. I have an impossible, at some points it feels like as though I have an impossible standard. You're an artist. That's, that's what an artist does. Like you have an idea, you want it to be a specific way and it's not going to turn out exactly the way you want it. You could develop some, like our artists, like they show us something and we're like, this is fucking amazing. And they're like, are you sure? Um, but they, but it's like, it's, it's just that it's just a creator when you create something you have a higher standard for what you create exactly and exactly. and it's just it's just a normal part of the process and i think you handle it very well like being, Thank you. i appreciate that and i appreciate being on the project like this is an awesome opportunity like everyone involved i'm sure i can't speak for them but i'm sure they'll have a similar opinion on it like it's an awesome opportunity to be involved in this and i think we're gonna have a lot of success just in 
our own personal goals. Yeah. Regardless of what happens outside of what we accomplish as a team or what happens as far as like how do I put or as far as like actually getting the game made, selling whatever, like I feel like at the end of this, no matter what the end of this is, whether it be two months from now, whether it be 20 years from now, like we're going to be happy with whatever we come up with. No, and yeah. I think that's what we're all striving for. And I think that's why we're able to keep it going the way it's going. Because yeah. regardless, we want it to be something we're happy with. Exactly. I, I completely agree. I and, completely agree. And yeah, so this is... We're going, we're going places with this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. As long excited as you guys to continue to have supported us, and as long as people continue to jump on and continue to grow their support in us, things are only going to get better. Oh yeah, oh yes, our audience is going to be our. So far, our audience is awesome, and I can't wait to get more of yeah. those people. Like, there's plenty of them out there. Like, our audience and supporters so far have given me hope in humanity for people that aren't pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's really amazing after spending so much time in COVID world oh, where everyone's basically well past their last nerve. It's it's incredible to see people that are genuinely really excited for what you're making. And the random people that give us their time for like, like I'm not very involved in the Telegram chat with all of that kind of stuff, but like the amount of people that you had that are just like, yeah, we're mod. We'll mod for you. Yeah. We'll do that. That takes that takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of effort when you're including that into a normal day and you don't like it's not your main goal. Like yeah. Like it takes a lot of effort to actually be and I'm assuming like from what I've seen, they've been I mean, granted, our chat doesn't really have a lot of fuckers that they have to deal with yet. Yeah. But like as far as like making sure any questions are answered about the chat or about coins or whatever like i've hardly had to step in i've i've seen you've been able to step back more and more the more you get people involved yeah like and they're just doing it yeah they're just doing it because they believe in the project yeah because they're directly and, getting paid and by this us. is yeah and this is exactly the the type of avalanche i wanted because we have we have a group of people that can answer all the questions and that are happy to answer all the questions and that are happy to point you in the direction to get your, all of your questions answered. So we've gotten to a position where we can focus on production and we can focus on moving things at the correct time and in the correct pattern and in the correct way. And the more... Involved, and the more people we get involved, the further away from each one of them we'll get, because just genu just genuinely, you can after a point you, you you can't reach that many people. Um, so to create a unshakable foundation before really taking off, before really having something worth saying that you're different over is priceless oh the, absolutely if we if we had a hundred more a thousand more supporters it would not be anywhere near as valuable 
as the 90 or so, probably more than that, maybe it is everyone in the chat at this point, that are ride or die. And as things progress, that number needs to grow, not decrease. And we're going to do that. As long as people believe in us, we're going to keep producing the best stuff that we can. And we're not going to produce something that we don't want to play. And that's that's all we can hope for. Yeah. We can only hope that people want to play the same games we want to play. Yeah. Or give at the them, very least... Or give them something that they can yeah, fine. experience. It, it, co- uh, do our best to conquer in our niche the best way we can. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, With all that said, and the, the number of ramblings that I accidentally yeah. went on, <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I definitely took over the conversation quite a bit this time. Oh, I'm really sorry. Good. It's all good. Um, um, I feel like when we ha- we'll have more people on, and we'll be able to bounce bounce it up a little bit. But this one, I, this one's a good one yeah. to get people knowing where we're at. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. We uh, we did a good job of telling people like, this is this is where we're at. This is where we're going. Um, I feel like people will get a good handle of your personality, get to know you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because um, they have quite a bit of interaction with me on a daily basis, I would say, at this point. Um, but now it's just a matter of you guys want to get to know. Like, people ask me all the time, like, who's involved? Like, what are they like? What do they do? Um, what are they working on? Well, these podcasts will definitely, in the beginning, serve as that. Everyone who wants to be on will be on. Um, the the all the audio quality may not always be e- even this good, um, so I apologize in advance if the if the quality dips between episodes. Uh, not everyone is able to make the drive. Not everyone is even here in in the states. So yeah, yeah, um, we have a very spread out team. <laughs> yeah, we have a very spread out team. Um, despite having quite a few members of the team that live right next to each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so with all that in mind, uh, hopefully the, you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy the upcoming podcasts. Uh, like like we said, we're not exactly sure how the how the podcast will be formula- formulated. Uh, we would like to keep a situation where either myself or Josh or both host an episode. Um, however, in the event that things go well and someone is interested in hosting an episode with somebody else, I would probably let that be an option. So, not as much structure as a normal podcast uh, has planned, but uh, that seems to work the best for us, where we have a, a plan we want to get to and we roll with the punches. We touch on the points. That yeah, we, we touch hit. on the points we want to hit. Um, I feel the genuineness that comes from that experience is, is a lot better than just sending you a list of points to listen to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like the personability that we will hopefully continue to offer is worth far more than. And they can let us know. Yeah, if you if you disagree, if you disagree, you want more structure. We can definitely do that. We, this isn't this isn't us being lazy. We don't want to do the work. I, we genuinely think that you guys would prefer us getting to know us because we we've seen projects, we've been involved with projects, we supported projects. And most of the time, the disconnect is the lack of interpersonability. And 
we hope to prove ourselves right by fixing that. And in the event that we're wrong, we'll just we'll do whatever is best for the, not only us but the company and, and you guys. Okay. So yeah, please uh please leave a comment down below. Um, give the podcast a like and a share, and uh, let your your friends and family know that if you if they're interested in in card games or cryptocurrency that the project exists or if they're interested in card games or cryptocurrency let them know that the podcast exists and um thank you for your continued support and we'll talk to you soon hell yeah i think we got enough content <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>